Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar DeJesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. And guys, yes, he is back. This week, we're talking to the legend Bob Larry. For those of you that know Bob, you know he's a legend in our industry. For those of you that are new to the pool industry, Bob has written 21 books on pool water chemistry. And even the manuals that IPSA uses for training were written by Bob. He also created the Pool Chemistry Training Institute, and we'll talk about that today. Want to welcome everyone to the live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools. Pool Invoice, and the SPPA. We want to thank them for their continued support. John, good morning. Good morning. See, I remember to unclick or unmute my mic. I don't want to continue. <laughs> Look, I was like, oh my God, I can't mess this up. We've already had quite an interesting morning. I don't think anybody understands the struggle we all go through to try to make this work, especially on the technology side. I guess we're still a little new at it. And it seems that every week we tend to have a different adventure. And this morning was no different. Uh, But we're on a couple minutes late, so we apologize. But uh, we promise it's going to be a great podcast. And I'm very excited to have Bob back on. You know, it was weird. I was talking to Mama and we were talking. We're saying, oh, what are we doing today? Or, you know, what's on the podcast? And she's all when are we going to get Bob again? We haven't had Bob in uh, for a little while. And I'm like, I know, right? It's been weird because we've been doing this for so long now, right? We talk to him every single month and we do our podcast and we do what we need to do. And we have our little routine and we look forward to it. And and I told her Bob's on and she's like, oh, I'm so excited. I hope Edgar doesn't mess up the live stream so that I can listen to it live is what she said. So I hope it's actually working and mama can actually hear it because she's looking forward to it. So uh, I'm actually, I'm pretty pumped up. Today's a good day. Today's our repair day. got a few things on the books. Bob, good to see you in good health and glad to see you back at home, right? Well, it's good to be back after a, uh, an unbelievable experience in the United States. As most of you know, I do have a lung disease, but um, while I was in the U.S. after attending the pool industry expo in monterey uh we had come back to southern california uh so i could go to ucla lung center and um the night we got back my
ambulance to the hospital. They uh, kept me in the ER for eight hours and were only able to get my heart rate down to about 120 and then kept me the rest of that day and admitted me to the hospital and kept me the rest of that day until a doctor said, you need to get out of here. There's too much COVID in this place. And if you get it, you're not going to make it. So I got out of the hospital with a still a heart rate of about 100 beats a minute resting. So they gave me blood thinners and, and other medications to get my heart rate down. And, and a few days later, I did a pre-op thing. And then they did what's called a heart ablation. And this is where they insert a catheter starting at your thigh and go up into your into your heart and they did a cryo burning of some of the orifices in my heart to deaden the areas that receive the impulses of to uh, beat faster they uh, did those and then i needed a couple of weeks to recover in the u.s before they would allow me to fly and so um, about six days ago i flew back home so uh, I am back home. I'm still uh, recuperating from the procedure they did on my heart. And um, it's caused a, an extra step in my lung disease. And so I'm requiring a little more oxygen now. But um, in any case, once I'm at rest and at my desk like I am now, I can talk as I did yesterday for two and a half hours for a recording and never needed any supplemental oxygen so i can sit here and talk for a long time see look at that you're so popular everybody's still wait 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 wait. i just noticed something john did you notice he's wearing a jacket i did and look i wanted to say look i'm wearing long sleeves i'm actually cold <laughs> i am in my office and it is uh 66 degrees that's that's cool in my office well, it is. You know, people here in Lima, Peru don't have heating and air conditioning. And so when it gets to be 66 outside, it gets to be 66 inside. And all of the construction in this country is concrete and red brick. So I'm surrounded like a cave. I'm surrounded by concrete walls. And once it gets to be 66, even when it warms up outside, it's still 66 in here. And of course, now that I'm 75 years old, that thing where you see people older needing jackets when it's sunny, it's true. (laughs) 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 And so um, I'm probably going to be wearing jackets in the middle of summer. I don't know. But uh, we'll find out. Bob, how many days did you end up spending in, in, in the U.S.? Well, I was scheduled to be there 12 days, and we were there 39 days. Unplanned. You know, our, our animals and my mother-in-law and, and stuff were kind of not at mercy. We, we had gotten a nurse in and somebody to look after the pets and stuff. So we were able to do that, but they were only going to do it for 12 days and ended up doing it for 40. So it was longer than everybody thought. But the neighbors and everything were really cool about it. All the neighbors were bringing food and checking on my mother-in-law and stuff. So it was really kind of great. That's awesome. That's really awesome. We're really excited that you're doing a lot better. John, you look at him, he looks completely normal to me, right? He looks great. Yeah, you, you look great. So that's, you know, definitely a good thing. Well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm feeling okay. I just, uh, 
I do need a little more supplemental oxygen than I have in the past, and I, uh, whenever I exert myself, I need oxygen. If I walked into the kitchen and walked back, my oxygen saturation, that little thing they put on your finger, would go from about 92, drop to about 75, just because I went to the kitchen and back. And if you did it, you'd probably drop maybe four or five points and it'd be back up. Uh, I drop down to 75 and it takes two or three minutes to get back. So um, I'm learning to deal with that as well. Obviously, you have that heart procedure and they call it a procedure, but obviously anything to do with the heart is a big procedure and a big thing. So are they expecting to maybe that be part of that process just from the recouping from that procedure? Yeah, they use what they call a cryoablation. They use liquid nitrogen instead of like a radio frequency or, or an electrical pulse to burn things. Just like if you go to the dermatologist and they burn a ward or something, they use liquid nitrogen. It's the same kind of idea. They, they were inside of my heart burning some tissue so that it wouldn't receive the messages to beat faster. And so it's just like, just like you can actually, you can see, I don't know if your audience can, but on my forehead, there's a couple of places where the dermatologist burned some keratoses off of my forehead. And it's the same kind of thing. That's what they did inside of my heart. And so my heart is getting repaired, just like these things on my forehead are repairing. So they will be completely repaired soon. And I'm hoping that things will be a little bit, a little bit better. My, my heart rate is still quite fast compared to what it was uh, pre-atrial fibrillation. I had a resting heart rate of about 62 beats a minute because I was an athlete when I was younger. My resting heart rate was about 60 to 62, and now my resting heart rate's about 82. So, and that's pretty much as low as it goes. So that's just the new norm. But I am also taking blood thinners now, and I'm taking a pretty heavy dose of those. And so I'm even nervous about cutting myself shaving. <laughs> so, so something new to worry about. You know, you get those little dings and scratches and stuff uh, from just doing anything. And every time I get one of those now, it just bleeds like I cut my arm off. It's terrible. Now, what you're going to have to do, Bob, is you're going to have to be like John and Zach and just let the, that beard just kind of grow out there and have this big, long beard. I had that. You know, I, I've had a beard most of my life. I think I grew my first beard when I was 27, and I never, ever shaved it all off. I have an ex-wife of 33 years that has never seen my shaved face. Never. And so I had a full beard most of my life and only about 15 or 18 years ago I went to the current Van Dyke as it's called. It's not called a goatee but a goatee is only when you have the bottom. When you have the mustache and the the bottom it's actually called a Van Dyke. But um, in any case uh, I've had a beard most of my life so it wouldn't be much for me to keep on growing one, although now I probably look a little bit like Santa Claus because <laughs> it, it is totally white. <laughs> of course, then you have me on the other side, John, where I can't grow three hairs out of my chin to save my life. So I don't, th I don't think I've shaved in like four days, John, and this is, this is just what I got, this little, you know, so anyways.
All right, guys. So before we get well, started. Well, I was looking like ZZ Top for a while. But <laughs> I don't know if you know who ZZ Top Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, of course, John, if Zach was here, he would be like, who's that? You know? Yeah. Which, by the, which by the way, we haven't talked about it, but Zach is out today. John, do you know why Zach is out today or, or no? I don't know. I think he's taking like a, uh, I think he was doing like a full Brazilian <laughs> wax or something like he's that. He's kind of getting know. himself he's, pretty for the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like totally yep. getting himself yeah. prepped. So he'll, so he'll be back next week, we guys. Um, anyways, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors for the Pool Nation Awards. And those are the only awards for the Pool Pros by the Pool Pros. We have sent all the winners in, Bob. I don't even know who the winners are yet. I had my programmer grab the winners, send it automatically over to the people that are doing the award. So I only know one winner, and it's because they had to send me a proof of what the plaque was going to look like. So out of all the people I know one, we were trying to figure out can I get those and obviously not look like, will I be strong enough to not be able to look at them? Um, But I think what'll happen is when we're at the show, even when we're setting them out, then we would find out probably at that moment. Well, I just wanted to say real quick, I do not know. I don't want to know. And I will not know. So do not ask me. I don't want to get phone calls or messages about, about who won. I, I have taken myself completely out of that. I do not want to know. <laughs> to me, I want it to be a surprise like everybody else, because if not, it kind of takes sure. the fun out of it. It takes the fun out. But I think what's going to happen is I'll need to find out when we take the awards there and we take them out. And then I was trying to figure out how we print the cards with the winners in there, which that I could probably do without finding out. But Anyways, so the awards are going to be the night of the 17th of November from 5 to 7 at the convention. So you will need to get an expo pass to get in there. But we've had a lot of people that have believed in us and partnered with us. I want to thank Hasa. I want to thank the SPPA. I want to thank Ultimate Pool Tools, Jay Brakefield. I want to thank Chris from Blu-ray XL. And then our two newest ones, Bob's, which is Leslie Pro and the San Diego APSP, the Association of Pool and Spa Professionals, a big thank you for your support. It really means a lot to us, especially when it's other pool pros that are supporting us. And that really, you know, speaks a lot. The other thing, John, is that Ken from Ultimate Pool Tool is putting something out and he will not tell me what the heck it is. I called him about six times yesterday to see if I could just annoy him to where he just kind of gets to the point where he's like, dude, you're so freaking annoying here. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm putting out, but he won't tell us. So I'm going to have to keep calling him. And then the other thing, which I told you on the Instagram live, Bob, check this out. He created six limited edition ultimate pool polls for the awards, and they are a pool nation blue. And so there's, they're so limited that there's only six of them. He only made six of them and that's it. So everybody's kind of already, John, they've got people already messaging me going, I want to buy one. I want to get one. And so the only way that you're going to be able to get your hands on one is at the awards. And there's only six. So we'll announce at the awards how you can get one of those polls. By the way, he did that completely on his own. I didn't ask him to do it or anything. He just created these limited edition so there is a Pool Nation and limited that edition cool. hyperpole. That's pretty cool. I want one. Hopefully I can get my hands on one. The other thing we need to talk about is the Expo Pass, right? For those that are going to be attending the, the show. 
you can get yours for free, which is pretty neat. But what you have to do is type in a code. It's Pool Nation, all caps, when you go to register. Uh, and you can get your free expo pass at uh, poolnationawards.com. And there's a big red button on the top that says free expo pass. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible. Make sure you click that and it will direct you to the registration page and the code automatically applies for you. So it saves you 60 bucks because it's not, I mean, that's a significant amount of money, right? So make sure you add Pool Nation on there so you get your free expo pass. The show dates are going to be the 13th through the 18th. The education part is from the 13th to the 15th and the expo is from the 16th through the 18th. Make sure you guys go and do that. Looking forward to seeing everybody there. I can't believe it's only a few weeks away. It's less than a month away, and we're going to be there. And it's crazy. We're starting to see. So yesterday, got a message. I don't know if you saw it. You did, because you reposted it. Amber from Amber Sparkling Pools out in Florida booked her plane ticket. She's coming out. Then we also had G6 book and confirm as well. So that was super exciting. So. As a matter of fact, two of the shout outs that I want to do this week for our followers, one was for Amber from Amber Sparkling Pools out in Florida because she sent me the message that she booked, Bob. And so she's literally flying in Wednesday for the awards, will be there through the awards and then turn around and flies back on Thursday because she still has pools. So that was super cool. And then the other one was Jim from Desert Paradise Pools in Arizona, John. I was talking to him yesterday. He was on the Instagram Live. Big shout out to both of you. Obviously, Vic from G6 as well. The pool builders coming out. And a lot of it is, you know, everybody wants to get together. Everybody wants to network. So we're super excited about that. And then I do want to thank Joseph from the Facebook page, Pool Cleaning Mafia, because he connected with us and allowed us to kind of cross post some stuff on the awards. So I thought that was very cool that they, we kind of were able to connect and he's like, Hey, whatever you want to post, absolutely post it on there. You know, we're here to support each other. So Joseph, a big shout out to you, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Look, I want to thank everybody that's making the effort to go out there that can go out there. I know it's I know it's really difficult. The people that we're talking about are, you know, the one polars of people, just one, two people. And it's it's tough to get away and not even to take into consideration the cost that it takes to fly there or to drive there and the hotels to stay there and then to have to worry about, you know, not being able to service your pools or taking that time off. It's a big move for a lot of people, but it just goes to show how important it is to them, right? And how much it means to them and, you know, and how much it means to us and to the industry. And hopefully we can live up to the expectations and uh, we make it worth everybody's while. So I'm super stoked about it. I don't know. I just wanted to say it's, it's a big deal because look, I'm jumping through hoops just so I can make it. I really am. And I'm having to call some favors so that I can get some people to be able to cover because we have a lot of clients that we take care of that don't really give a shit whether or not I'm on vacation or not. And they have higher end, you know, places and Airbnbs and stuff like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, you know, we need to be able to take our time off too. But we usually take Thanksgiving, Christmas and stuff. But so when we do these extra uh, vacations, sometimes we have to lean on our brothers and our sisters to be able to help us out just in case something happens. And I know it's not easy, but it'll definitely be worth it. So I just for them to make that sacrifice to come out, to hang out, that's huge. So guys, you know, we're super excited about it. Bob, there's, we're also going to be having a training class the Friday after. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. As most of you know, we do have a 
one-day uh, certification class for pool chemistry. Uh, it doesn't teach you how to be a pool service guy. It just teaches you the chemistry, which is the only thing you really need to know. Anyway, the rest of it you can learn pretty quick, but um, if it's just maintenance. Um, anyway, we are giving an in-person class. And unfortunately, this year, due to my own uh, health problems, I will not be attending that. I had originally intended to uh, jointly give that with Terry Arco. And what we are doing is uh, Terry Arco and David Gilbraith uh, will be giving the class in person. And I will be giving a few chapters via Zoom. And so it's going to be one of those hybrid type of uh, classes where you have two instructors live and one via Zoom, and I will be there. I won't be there in person, but I will be there for the class, and I will be available for the questions and the, perhaps the difficult part of the most chemical part of the uh, presentation. I'll probably give it. It'll be a, a new experience for me to try to do a a hybrid class, and um, I'm in good enough shape to do that from here. So um, we're excited about doing it, and it's at least a place where you can listen to, uh, as you guys have called me, which I'm I'm humbled to hear as the legend or the godfather of pool chemistry, but I'm still not used to that celebrity status. But I will be there giving out what whatever information I have to you. So, and that will be on Friday from uh, 8 o'clock till 4 o'clock, and there is uh, an exam. Um, it will be in person, so the exam will be on paper, and, and you'll take the exam and find out your results while you're there. You'll then get your patch that says you're certified for three years as a certified uh, service technician. That is awesome. So for any of those that are interested in taking that class, go to pcti.online. We're also going to update it on our website on the Pool Nation podcast, so you'll be able to find a link there. You can also message me on Instagram. You can send me an email at edgar at poolnationpodcast.com if you have any questions. And then, Bob, it was 25, up to 25 people in the class. Unfortunately, it's a limited room uh, because of all the other things going on in Dallas at the time. They, can, they only found a room that with proper social distancing will hold 25 people. So it is limited to 25 people. John, should we spill the bean, Bob? Should we spill the bean about me and John? Do it. We're going to be there. Me and John will be at the class. So we'll be attending. So if you guys want to come out and take the class and kind of hang out with us as well, then sign up for the class and we will be out there. We're going to be Bob's Vanna White <laughs> up there. I just want to get the aerator right. I want to show how the aeration increases the pH when you do that demonstration that's, during the class, right? I'm going to tell Terry to step aside. I want to, I want to do that, and yeah, I want to show. That's, that's a cool thing. So I guess the only thing that I'll be able to do is welcome to the PCTI training, and then that's it. That's all I got, but John. <laughs> that's, that's my Vanna White right there. Well, maybe, I can't do maybe anything we'll else. let you do the chlorine demonstration. There you there go. There you go. You now can do that one. Now we're talking. With me with my luck, I'll botch that one up, Bob. <laughs> it's not difficult. It's salt and water <laughs> and push a button. <laughs> there you, you go. Can, you can do this. 
no, no wonder he gave me that one, John. No, no wonder. He's like, I got the one. Edgar, we got you covered. Do the chlorine one. It's like, uh, Terry, John, can you just the salt and push the button for Edgar, please? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. All right, guys. So, you know, Bob... We're excited to have you back. A lot of people were asking about you, so I'm glad that you kind of came back on. You gave us an update how you're doing. You're looking good, so we're excited to kind of have you back and be jumping back into our, our normal routine so everybody can kind of send their questions in. So let's start off with the first question that was sent to us. And the first question was, how much is shock impacting pH? Should pH be lowered under 7.5 before adding shock into a pool? Okay, so... Let's define shock, first of all. There's various definitions of shock. And it used to mean adding a kind of a mega dose of chlorine to get rid of chloramines and combined chlorine and perhaps even a, an outbreak of algae. And so that was kind of a superchlorination. Then, with the advent of non-chlorine shock, which is for the most part monopersulfate, the MPS people said you can shock with their non-chlorine shock. And that was to remove chloramines and combine chlorine, but didn't kill anything. So, if we're talking about a shock that is um, with chlorine, then the purposes are to get rid of some organic or, or cellular organism, such as bacteria or algae, or it's to get rid of chloramines or combined chlorine. And if that's the case, then a shock is a shock. If you put in enough chlorine, you will overcome the or get to the ratio of chlorine to ammonia or chlorine to chloramine that will destroy the chloramine. And so you can calculate that. If you do a free and total chlorine test, and if they're not the same, then the difference is combined chlorine. And if you multiply that times 10, that is the dose of chlorine you need to overcome the combined chlorine to get to the proper ratio. And so that's the way we calculate it. If you have 0.5 parts per million of combined chlorine, you need to add 5 parts per million of free chlorine as a dose to the pool to overcome or get the proper ratio of chlorine to chloramine to get rid of it. So that's how you do it. With the amount of cyanuric acid that you will have in most pools, which will be at least more than 30 parts per million, the pH of the pool doesn't necessarily matter anymore. And the reason is it mattered before when we thought that pH determined the percentage of HOCl and OCl that's in the pool. And we thought that that was fixed by the pH. But in fact, it is not. Most of the chlorine, in fact, 97% of the chlorine that's in the water is being bound to cyanuric acid if the cyanuric acid is anything more than 30. And as it gets higher, it's even less. So you can get to the point where you've got maybe 150 parts per million of cyanuric acid that you only have 1% of the chlorine available. And then the 
pH of the water matters to an extent because the other two things that matter is the cyanuric acid level and the chlorine concentration determines how the percentage that's available. It's quite complex and it's not as simple as we have tried to make it in past years. The rule is 10 times the combined chlorine level is the shock level you need to get to to get rid of chloramines. If you're having an algae problem, then we even go higher than that. And my recommendation has always been a chlorine level that is 40% of your cyanuric acid level or 25 parts per million of free chlorine to get rid of algae. And then you must maintain that level. And those are the key words, maintain that level for 24 to 48 hours. It requires you making multiple tests for chlorine during that time to make sure the chlorine level is up because the chlorine will, consume, will be consumed by the algae. And as it does, the chlorine level goes down. So you need to top it off and get it back up to that 40% or 20, 25 ppm and maintain it. And then when you get at the same chlorine reading for a period of eight hours, if the chlorine reading does not change in an eight-hour period, that means everything's dead in the pool. But if it drops by four or five parts per million, everything's not dead yet. So you have to keep going until that chlorine reading doesn't change. It's a little bit more complex than just what pH level should I have in the pool when I shock. That's a good question, but it's, it's a much more complex answer than that. So next question that came in, Bob, is, is low alkalinity contributing to algae growth? If so, is it because of the pH, because pH isn't anchored, or are there other factors? Well, um, actually, high alkalinity can contribute to an algae problem, but and probably not low. The point being that we, we need enough alkalinity to support the pH, otherwise the pH jumps around all over the place. And you guys run into that all the time. When you've got low alkalinity, you add anything to the pool and the pH changes. And that's what we call pH bounce. That happens when your alkalinity is too low. But the other problem with alkalinity being low is, you know, when you calculate the saturation index, you need to take one third of the cyanuric acid reading and subtract it from alkalinity. And you can get to a point where you've got anywhere from zero to 20 parts per million of carbonate alkalinity in the pool. And that is a bad thing because it's bad for the vessel then. You're starting to dissolve the vessel so that the, the water can be balanced. So that can be a major problem. But I don't really believe that low alkalinity is, is causing an algae problem. I don't think so. Now, let me ask you this, and we've talked about it before, but for those listening to the podcast for the first time, you talked a little bit about carbonate alkalinity. Can you explain that just as a follow-up to that question that you just sure. talked about? Um, when we calculate the saturation index, the saturation index is based on calcium saturation. And in some places, it's actually called the calcium saturation index, a CSI instead of LSI. And it is based on calcium saturation. So you cannot balance water 
without the calcium being at, at minimum 150 parts per million. So that's the bare knuckles bottom that you can get to is 150 parts per million. If you don't have that, it will be impossible for you to balance the pool. So that's the first thing you need to know. But in the testing of alkalinity, we know that cyanuric acid does create some alkalinity. And in fact, I have done a number of demonstrations where we take distilled water and put in only cyanuric acid and then do a total alkalinity test. And the total alkalinity is about one-third of the cyanuric acid that's in the pool, that's in that water. And we have done that. Uh, the last one I did, we did 1,000 parts per million of cyanuric acid in a beaker. And that's all that was in there, plus distilled water. So there's nothing in there. We then did a total alkalinity test, and it was 320 parts per million of total alkalinity. So cyanuric acid, about one-third of cyanuric acid, is total alkalinity. So when you do a reading, you need to subtract that and then use that as the number that you insert for alkalinity when you calculate the saturation index. And carbonate alkalinity is total alkalinity minus cyanuric acid, the percentage, and there is a percentage also for borate if you're using it. So we will have to make an adjustment for borate. It's not as big as the cyanuric acid percentage, but it is a percentage and it grows pretty high as the pH goes up. So uh, when it's low at around 50 parts per million and a pH of 7.5, it's about six or seven parts per million of alkalinity. But when you get up to about a pH of eight, now it's about 25 parts per million of alkalinity. So it grows pretty high. So we need to subtract both of those to get to carbonate alkalinity. And you should be looking at carbonate alkalinity because when carbonate alkalinity is low, even though you're, you can say, well, my alkalinity is okay, if your carbonate alkalinity is low, it's affecting the vessel and potentially affecting the equipment, at least the metallic part of the equipment. These are important things, and you're going to hear that more and more. You know, 10 to 15 years ago, I was probably the only one talking about carbonate alkalinity, and nobody knew what I was talking about. And so uh, more and more people are becoming aware of carbonate alkalinity, and this is what we need to be uh, dialing in on. Uh, is carbonate alkalinity so that we increase the life expectancy of the vessel. You know, there's no reason in the world that a, a plaster pool shouldn't last 30, 40, 50 years. Believe me, if you're having to acid wash 20% of your pools every year, you're not doing something right. You know, you shouldn't be having to acid wash your pools that often. And of course, when you do expose a cleaner layer underneath, so um, that's not a good thing. Guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll continue with Bob. 
The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see print and pay invoices it has all your customers information on one page so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips created specifically for the pool industry pool invoice now available at poolinvoice.com Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics. We talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Bob Lowry. We're talking water chemistry. We're glad to have him back. We're talking with John today. Zach is out. So let's continue our conversation here with our questions, Bob. Next question. 
What is the best way to handle rising pH on saltwater pools on a weekly basis? Okay, this is a typical and common problem. The process of electrolysis that makes chlorine in the pool also makes sodium hydroxide. So we make hydrogen gas, which uh, becomes a bubble because it's a gas, it becomes a bubble. Then we make chlorine, which, uh, but the hydrogen is, doesn't dissolve very well, so it remains as a bubble. Then the chlorine gas is made and it dissolves in the pool and it makes a hypochlorous acid. So then the other thing that's made is sodium hydroxide. So we make sodium hydroxide and it is sodium hydroxide, so it raises the pH of the pool. So that raises the pH of the pool. The other thing that raises the pH of the pool, believe it or not, is the hydrogen gas that is made at the, the electrodes because it's a gas and because there's a number of these plates in this cell, it creates turbulence in there. And aeration, even though it's aeration with hydrogen, it still is uh, aeration. So we have aeration and turbulence and sodium hydroxide being made right inside the cell. And so the pH of the pool is going to go up. It's a fact. How fast it goes up is a function of how long the chlorine generator is going to run. If it's going to run 100% at a time for 16 or 18 hours a day, the pH of the pool is always going to be high, period. There are some things that you can do to change that. The first thing that you can do is to lower the amount of chlorine you need. And you can do that by adding borate to the pool. And borate does two things. It, first of all, prevents algae. At 50 parts per million, borate is an algistat. It doesn't kill algae, but it does prevent it. So by preventing the algae, you don't need as much chlorine. So you won't have to run the chlorine generator as long. The second thing that you can do is that by adding the borate, it prevents the pH from going up as high or as fast. So uh, by adding borate to the pool, uh, you lessen how fast the pH goes up and how high it goes up, but also you use less chlorine so it doesn't need to be on as long. So borate is almost a, a must-do with a chlorine generator. The other things that you can consider are some kind of a supplement, or you use uh, ozone or UV in the pool, and by doing that, um, you will need the chlorine generator to be on less. And by running it less, of course, you just don't create as much sodium hydroxide or as much aeration. So um, those are the things that you can do. From a, a best case scenario, what we do recommend is that you can run the pH between 7.5 and 7.7. So you can go up to 7.7. We do recommend that you, that you use a little bit higher uh, cyanuric acid run the cyanuric acid up to 60 or 70 parts per million. And the reason for that is that when the chlorine generator is on, 
there is an amount of cyanuric acid around the cell or in the water around the cell. And the amount of chlorine being made is more than the cyanuric acid that's there. So there's some chlorine then that's not attached to the cyanuric acid. And when it gets to the pool, with the sunlight being in the pool, it starts destroying the chlorine right away. So increasing the cyanuric acid level up to as high as 70 instead of 50 prevents any chlorine from entering the pool that's unprotected. That's the other thing that we do. And of course, we recommend using the borate. That's how we recommend things. We also recommend uh, a 90 alkalinity. And um, if your pH is still going up, you can lower that target back down to 80 or even 70. If the pH is going up really high, uh, keeping the alkalinity a little lower will prevent CO2 off-gassing. And that's what raises the pH in the pool is the fact that your alkalinity goes high and it pulls up the pH. It pulls it up because the higher the alkalinity, the more CO2 off-gassing. Awesome. So next question, um, if all my levels are on target. In- I think he muted himself, Bob, That's- and this is not the first time. That's not the first time that he's done that. Yeah. I didn't look. <laughs> I thought I was unmuted and then I mute. I'm so terrible at this. Bob, but you know what, Bob. you know what sucks is you're allowing me to do this. Well, I started, like I started to go like, I can't hear you, but. <laughs> Always what we do is we're like, is it is it my computer? Is it my mic? Is it something? And then you just kind of, but you started to talk and then you just kind of disappeared. So you were talking and then yeah. you muted yourself. Yeah. So. yeah I'm, so I think I got Let's that. try that again. Of course. Let's try it again. All right. Take two. If all my levels are on target, including my alkalinity at 90 parts per million, but my pH is at 8.0, how can I manage this on a single service visit? So if alkalinity is at 90, everything's on target, but your pH is at 8, how would you suggest somebody would manage the pH level? Okay, well, there's probably two steps you're going to have to take. One would be to, to slightly increase the alkalinity a little bit by adding some bicarb, and then adding some acid to get the pH back down, which will pull the alkalinity down with it. But hopefully it'll pull it back down to 90, and then your pH will be too low. But it's okay because you can aerate and get the pH back up while you're doing the rest of the things at the pool. And you can add everything at the same time. It doesn't matter because all the chemical reactions will go to completions anyway. So you use the pH alkalinity adjustment tool calculator and get increase the alkalinity by maybe 20 parts per million and then put in the new pH and the new alkalinity and the rest of the the water conditions and lower alkalinity back down to 90, which will then lower the pH probably down to 7.0 or 7.2 or even lower, but then you can start to aerate and finish doing the rest of the pool. By the time you're done with the rest of the maintenance and service, uh, the pH will be back up. So you can do it. It's a matter of aeration, bicarbonate acid. Great. 
So, Bob, let's go into the last question that we have for today. I was listening to a podcast and Bob was talking about perfect pool water chemistry and a customer came out to talk to me and now I can't find the episode. Can you have Bob talk about what is perfect water chemistry? Perfect water chemistry. I'm not sure that exists, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have a system of targets. If you're at target on each of these, it would be considered probably perfect water. And those numbers are a pH of 7.5, a total alkalinity of 90, a cyanuric acid level of 50 parts per million, a borate level of 50 parts per million, a calcium hardness level of 350 parts per million, and a TDS probably of anything less than 1,500 parts per million with no copper and no iron. And once you attain that, if, if you ran the LSI on it, it would be very close to 0.00. .00. And of course, that depends on temperature at that, that level also. But that's considered pretty perfect water. And we use a system of targets. And if you don't do anything else, everybody out there, change what you're doing from ranges to targets. That will make the biggest change in what you're doing and taking care of your pool. Because the ranges are so broad from PHTA and all the accepted ranges, they're so broad that you can have problems even though you're within the ranges. If you use targets, then you'll know what to do. And I give this example all the time. The PHTA recommended level for pH is a minimum of 7.2, an ideal of 7.4 to 7.6 and a maximum of 7.8. So what is it when you go out to the pool and it's 7.3? What do you do? And the answer is you go, well, it's between 7.2 and 7.8. I guess I'm okay. And you do that with each of those ranges, and you find out then that you've got problems. So what if I told you the target was 7.5, and you went out and it's 7.3? What are you going to do? You're going to raise it up, and that's exactly what you should be doing. And so if you don't do anything else, start trying to use targets and stop using ranges. And that in itself will change things. And the other biggest thing you can do is start using borate. And if you get borate in your pool, it's going to save you money on chlorine. It's going to keep the pH from going up so high. And you're not going to have any algae started. And you're not going to then need to buy algicides, uh, phosphate removers, those kinds of things. You don't need them. And your pool will be at breakpoint all the time. And I wrote a paper recently about keeping a higher chlorine level can actually save you money. And the reason is that if the chlorine level that we recommend, if you're going to use borate and you make the minimum 5% of the CYA as a minimum, you will always be at breakpoint in your pool, which means that as ammonia is introduced, as algae is introduced, as sunblock and all the other things that we bring in with us, as they're introduced, they're oxidized and destroyed right away by that amount of chlorine. If you keep the level lower than that, then they're not. And that's when you start to have problems because you don't have enough chlorine in the pool 
now you can start to get algae growing, you can get chloramines, and you got to do all these remedial things to fix it. If you just kept it at, a, at the proper level to begin with, you wouldn't even have those problems. And that's the idea, is to make it stable and make it so all you have to do on every call is to go out there and make minor adjustments to, every, to a couple of things and add some chlorine and, and go on, move on. That's the goal. Ain't that key, John? I, I wish, I, Bob, I just wish 10, 12, 15 years ago, whatever it was, that I had this information. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, and it's funny because when I started in pools, John, it, everything that was taught was just ranges. But that's your thought process when you're doing a pool. Oh, I'm within that range. I'm okay. And, and that's what the everybody does. Of it is, it's not. That's what everybody does. And I'm trying to get everybody away from that. Because they keep saying, well, my pH is okay. And I go, what do you mean okay? Is it between 7.2 and 7.8? Hell, that's probably 98% of the pools already. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, that's, not, that's nothing. You know, the, having everything okay means absolutely nothing to me. You know, and I get that all the time in Facebook and stuff. Oh, all my, all my water conditions are okay. And I go, what is that? What's okay? Targets are, are a great thing. Start using them. That's amazing. John, do you use target water chemistry? Absolutely. I mean, ever since we took Bob's class a couple of years ago over at the Western show on, in March, I think, right when COVID hit and they canceled it, you know, we were there at that class. And ever since then, that's all we've been using. And it's a way to really hold yourself accountable and you really have a goal. You know the end game. So you're there, just like Bob said, you walk into your pool, you're, you're testing it and you see that you're at a 7.8, you're at a 7.2, you, you know you need to adjust it, right? There's no guessing work, there's no nothing. You know what needs to be done and you adjust accordingly and you're good to go. It varies so much with the with the range chemistry. Is like you can have seven eight pH. You're within range. You have alkalinity at 120. You know what I mean. You have your calcium at 400, and you're you're scaling your pool. The worst range we have is alkalinity. The pH TA range is is a minimum of 60, an ideal of 80 to 120, and a maximum of 160. 160, yeah. really? Yeah. Imagine. I can't even believe anybody would write that down. Right. You know, 160 is such a high alkalinity. It's just incredible well, to me. For sure. I mean, imagine you, you know, have that's, a pool that's 7, 8, 160 parts per million of total alkalinity, and you got 400 in calcium, right? You're scaling your pool. And yeah. people are thinking that they're doing the right thing, right? And it's just mind-blowing, right? And you're wondering why things are happening, and you're trying to figure it out. And that's why I think a lot of people beat their heads up against the wall trying to figure out what the hell's going on. It does something that's even worse. What it does is it confuses the hell out of the homeowners. And it really does, because they measure their water themselves with their whatever kind of test method they have, and they get the numbers, and then they take a bottle of water, and they go to the pool store, and the pool store gets pretty much the same answers, but tells them they need $200 worth of stuff in their pool. And then two weeks later, they're back doing it again. And it just keeps repeating itself. And nobody ever says, hey, why don't you try targets? And you, you won't have to be doing this crap. I've calculated it both ways. If you use all of the minimum standards from PHTA, you can have a negative LSI of minus 0.8. And if you use all of the high ranges that they recommend, you can have a positive 1.0. 
1.0 saturation <laughs> index. That's practically snowing inside the pool. Right. Just amazing. Just amazing. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Like, Try the target routine, guys. If, if you don't do any, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to do anything. Just change your mind away from ranges to targets. That in itself will help you. And then put some borates in some of your pools. You're going to see what a great thing that is. And that's what's being taught in the class. So we're going to hopefully change the pool industry one class at a time, right? Well, that's the idea. You know, it, it's got to start someplace. And I started telling people about this. And then I started writing it down. And then I wrote a book about it. And it's called Pool Chemistry for Service Pros. And it costs fourteen ninety five, and it's 28 pages. And it tells you exactly how to take care of your pool. And we have now sold 13,000 copies of that book. And within the pool industry, that's like a runaway bestseller. I mean, it's not like I sold 7 million copies on Amazon like Clive Cussler does or somebody like that. But um, within the pool industry, considering how, yeah, how many service absolutely. techs there are, 13,000 book is a lot. And guys are using that book, keeping it in their truck, and just referring to it all the time about what to do. And it's a great yeah, thing. It's a great, so, book. great um, book. And it's, it's practically free. All right, guys. So let's take our final word from our sponsors here. When I come back, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyper Pole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile, and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data 
into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics. We talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Bob. We're talking water chemistry. John, while I was on break here, I did get a message, and the message is from Blue Desert Pools from Arizona, and they are coming out as well. So I asked him who's coming out, and he goes, two of us, we're a small team, but we can't, make, we can't wait to get out there and meet you guys. So Blue Desert out from Arizona, shout out to you. Super excited. So John, uh, let me get your final thoughts today. Uh, well, I miss Zach. <laughs> it feels a little weird not having Zach. And then actually I was, while you're doing the commercial, I'm kind of thinking, and I kind of joked about this, I think on a pod, a few podcasts ago, but when I'm reading questions and I'm sitting there reading it, I'm, I'm kind of like Ron Burgundy, whatever's written, I'm reading, even though it doesn't make sense. And I was looking at it and I'm going, okay, when I was asking Bob that question, I'm going, okay, but my pH is at an eight parts per million and i'm like what the hell eight parts per million of ph <laughs> so i was just laughing i need to i need to do better at um rereading or reading the questions first before i ask them but other than that bob again a wealth of knowledge i love it i know a lot of the stuff we've covered before but it's just like repetition repetition hopefully it gets through people's brains right well you know repetition is is so important you know because sometimes you hear something really important, you hear it once, and you go, what was that? You know, and, and you forget it, and you, and you don't do it. So, you know, we keep harping on the idea of, of targets and borates and stuff, and I'm going to keep telling everybody over and over again until they start believing it, you know, and that's the idea. But, you know, my final thoughts are that you'll figure out how to use your microphone. And... <laughs> Final thoughts or final hopes? Oh my God, that's awesome, Bob. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, anyway, just a, a little bit of levity there for you. But uh, it's it's great to be back here, and um, I've you know I miss doing this too. I I enjoy doing this, and the four of us usually have a pretty good uh, a pretty good time doing it. And uh, I will continue to do these monthly and. And as we have scheduled, so we can get more people tuning in on that know we're going to be here every time. So uh, I plan to be here every time. So uh, we just had that one little hiccup last month and we'll continue on. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I think it's very important, especially, you know, John, you, you take a look at some of the questions and some of the guys are listening to the podcast. And it's exactly what you're saying. It kind of has to be repetitious because sometimes... 
you're listening to something, you either get interrupted, you kind of can't go back, you want to ask the question again, or, you know, Bob might be talking about five points and there's only so much the brain's going to keep, right? For sure. You kind of move on and then you're like, oh my God, what was it that he was saying again? And you're either trying to go back to listen to it again, or easiest thing for them is just to shoot the, us the message with the questions again. And we just kind of ask those yeah. questions and again. W- what I think a lot of it is, is that it doesn't apply to them yet, especially the newer service techs, yes. newer people in the industry. When they hear this at first, it's not something they've experienced or not something they've had to deal with, or they don't quite understand why it's happening. And they might've heard it and they might've had the answer already, but they just didn't understand it. And then when they, when, you know, down the road, a week, a month or a year down the road, now they've had that problem, right? And now they're looking for a solution. And then you say it and you hear it again and now it clicks, right? Oh, that's what Bob was talking about, right? That's what he meant. Oh, that's how I fix it. That's what I need to do. It's important. You know, you just got to keep talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, and people will finally get in and understand it. I had a great experience yesterday. I don't know if you guys know Eric Herman. He is a, a writer and editor, and he's been in the pool industry about uh, 30-some years and started at Pool and Spa News. Now he's with Water Shapes. But um, at any rate, we... Um, decided uh, when I was in the U.S. that we were going to do kind of a two guys talking about the good old days. And we actually recorded it yesterday. And we started with like when I got in the pool industry in 1973, how was it? And we brought it all the way up to current. And um, he knows chemistry, and he wrote about it in all of his articles. And I kind of progressed through my career about how things had changed. And, you know, when I got in the pool industry in 73, people were testing pH and chlorine with OTO. And some of them were even flash testing, where they just put the drops of the reagent in the pool and see what color it changed. And, and you know, we've now progressed to where we're using borates and spin touch and, you know, all of these things have changed so much and using the LSI and using targets. And, and so we kind of progressed through and it was really kind of a cool thing to do yesterday. And we recorded it for, you know, posterity, but uh, it's now recorded and we uh, intend to circulate that in some form. We don't know what form yet, but at least it's recorded and I'm not sure how we're going to box it, but at any rate, it may be a, an interesting uh, listen to for some of the guys that are saying, how come we do it this way or, you know, where did this come from kind of thing. So uh, anyway, we made that recording yesterday. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear that. Kind of go back into to the beginnings of it all, right? So, well, it, you know, it, it happened even before, but you know, I mean, just before I got into the industry was when they introduced cyanuric acid and tablets. That wasn't too long before I entered the industry. That's how long ago it was. Even a little bit prior to that, they used to actually send liquid chlorine in glass, brown glass jugs surrounded by straw in a wooden box. And pool guys had to go to a pool once a day because we didn't have cyanuric acid. You put the chlorine in the pool and it was gone eight hours later. That's crazy. 
And so a pool guy had, when he had 10 pools, he had to go to each 10 pools every day. What'd they charge back then? They charged a lot because they, they could only do 10 pools instead of 50. You know, it was a five-call or six-call-a-week job. And, you know, when you were a pool guy, you got to know your customers because you were in his house every day. That's crazy. crazy. Crazy, crazy. I can't wait to listen to that one, Bob. So let me know when you guys have it out. We'll have to share that out there. Yeah, we're, I'm not sure. How, as I said, we we only recorded it just because we wanted to record it, but but we don't know how we're going to chop it up or box it or, you know, we know we want to get it out and let people listen to it, but we're not sure if, if putting two and a half hours on one, you know, one recording, if anybody's going to listen to it, <laughs> you know, two and a half hours in one sitting would be way too much for anybody. Yeah. But uh you can break it break it down into a couple of episodes, yeah, right? We could. We can do like a like a special edition podcast and then do it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Looking forward to that. So, so. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. John, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it as usual. Bob, it was super excited to have you back. We missed the water chemistry talk. It was kind of weird going for a while talking about everything else and not having our water chemistry talk cuz I think yeah. that's one of the core things of our business. So um, super glad that you're doing better and we will catch you not next week on the Instagram live the week after that, Bob will be back on schedule for the Instagram live. So we'll be there. I have a whole bunch of questions here for you guys. So thanks for being on and we will talk next week, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye guys. See you all next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.